we are so thankful for the opportunity uh, to study your word, the opportunity to uh, listen to your voice, and know that as we listen to you, uh, we are called to respond. And in our response to you, God, we find that you are a God who hears us and you care for us deeply. And so, Lord, I hope that this time may be profitable for each one of us here, uh, whether uh, we're returning back to school or staying home or uh, working or whoever um, may listen, Lord, that we would hear God's word and be transformed by it, be molded by it, be shaped by it, and that we would get a picture, another glimpse of your heart for us. Um, and Lord, we're just so thankful for just your word and the opportunity to hear from you. And so, Lord, may uh, our minds be renewed and transformed through this time. Uh, may your spirit move in us that may Christ be glorified through all of it. In his name we pray, amen. When you lie down and when you sleep, uh, what are some of the final lingering thoughts you have uh, that sit in your mind when you put your head against your pillow? Uh, what do you think about? Uh, do you think about maybe the day's events? Uh, maybe a certain conversation or interaction uh, you may have had with a friend, uh, or maybe something deeper. Uh, maybe your mind wanders into possibly a darker place uh, when you close your eyes. And how many of us have laid our heads onto our pillows on our beds and, and our minds go to the worst of places? And I want to be honest with you that I certainly have. And I'm confident that your sponsors have as well. And when um, Brie asked me to share something with you, um, I was thinking about how you may be handling, might be handling this particular season. Um, a new school year is nearly upon you. Uh, things are uncertain, whether when or how you'll go back to church, whether you'll see your friends in a normal uh, basis or routine like you have before. And so I hope that this psalm may be a word of encouragement for you and that it is a word from God himself. And my goal tonight is to encourage you uh, so that you may know that you have a God, you have a heavenly father uh, who hears you, who hears you when you call out to him and who cares for you uh, because he is your father. And so here we are at Psalm chapter four. Uh, this Psalm is traditionally in Jewish literature known as the, the evening Psalm. And so if you compare it to the previous Psalm in Psalm chapter three, Psalm chapter three is known as the morning Psalm, morning and evening. And I hope that you'll notice in the language of this psalm of laying upon your bed, lying down and sleeping, uh, pondering in your hearts. Uh, this picture uh, being painted here is of King David wrestling in the evening as he prepares to rest, wrestling with a day's worth of trouble. Uh, and some people believe that Psalm 4 is connected and is related to the previous psalm in Psalm chapter 3 that David's still wrestling with when his son Absalom rebelled against him and tried to take the throne away from him. Um, some scholars believe that, but 
Um, for our purposes, we can safely say we're not sure. Uh, but what's most important uh, thing that I want us to focus on tonight is that I want us to take away uh, that regardless of what kind of difficulty you might be facing, what kind of trouble your family might be going through during this time, know that you have a good heavenly father who not only knows your trouble, but hears you and cares for you. And so our psalm breaks down into three parts, three parts, and we'll just go through them quickly. And so I'll give you the three parts from the outset, and then we'll look at them one by one, all right? So the first part is our problems, our problems. And we find that in verses one and two, our problems. Uh, the second is our response, our response. And you'll see that in verses three through five, our response. And lastly, uh, the last part is our joy, our joy. And we'll find that in verses six to the end in verse eight. Okay, so let's look at verse one, our problems. David opens this psalm uh, with an arrow shot into the throne room of God. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Uh, it's a direct plea from David to God to hear whatever comes next. Whatever David has to present before God, David wants God to answer him. David wants an answer from God. Um, it's as if this prayer from David uh, it's as if what you would do when you open up in prayer, you say, dear God. And yet David says, answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. And so David has specific, particular requests that he wants God to hear. And so notice the title that David attributes to God, O God of my righteousness. Uh, our English Bibles, you know, does its best to convey the sense of what the word means. But literally, I think it's helpful to us to hear that David is saying, Oh, God of my right. Oh, God of my right. This is my right hand. Oh, God of my right. And what this means is that David is confident. David is confident that whatever he's going to ask, whatever's following this introduction, uh, this opening, um, he knows that God will answer him uh, because he has experienced that answering before. Uh, that he knows, that God knows that he is right before God. And that's, that's the, the disposition of the Christian, of the person of God, when they go before God in prayer, is that you have a confidence to approach the throne room of God with boldness, knowing that for you who love him, uh, for you who love Jesus, that God hears you, that God stands with you, uh, that God is of your right, uh, that God sees you as righteous. And so David opens with this clear call, God, answer me, answer me now. Uh, you who know that I am right because you are right, because I love you. And what does he say? You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. Uh, David moves to mention how God has given him relief in the past. And this could be referring to Psalm 3. This could be referring to a whole gambit of troubles that David has gone through. But what is important is that know that for David, prayer is not a foreign thing. 
Um, neither is him experiencing the answer to prayer from God because he has experienced in the past that God has delivered him and answered his prayers in the past. And so when he calls upon God once more now in Psalm 4, he knows that God is gracious, that God gives favor, shows favor to him and will answer whatever he was going to say next. And so now he, he moves to describe the kinds of problems he experiences and with, with other people. And know that he's still addressing God, but he's speaking indirectly to other people. And he says, O men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? Uh, It's clear here that David is uh, distraught over the condition of the people. And although this psalm isn't exactly clear on who these O men, who these men are, uh, understand David's position here. David was king over Israel. And as the king, David would, um, and, and the kings after him, David would represent the people before God. Usually how things went was um, when the king was good, a king such as David, a king such as Solomon, when the king was good, the nation and the people would prosper. Uh, but when the king was a bad king, excuse me, the nation would suffer and was, would, would go under the judgment of God. And so most likely here, David as, as king is distressed over the state of the people of his kingdom. Uh, David was dealing with men who would falsely accuse or slander him. Uh, they would love words, vain words, and seek after lies. And those most likely were untruthful, false, fake truth about David, about the king. And he's actually affected by it. So much so that he's going to God to pray. And so this point of all this, me sharing you all this historical information, isn't so much for you to sympathize with David and and understand his plea and his plight, but understand that even though these troubles that David faced was 4,000 years old, uh, notice that and, and hold on to that David is approaching God still with these complaints. Uh, he is making God the recipient of his problems. And, and David knows that God uh, has an answer for him. Uh, David is confident and he knows that God knows his problems. And that's the same for you, that God knows your problems. And you know, I hope you can learn and walk away that you can know and you can be sure that you can go to God with all of your problems in prayer and you can find an answer. You can find an answer to your problems. Christians, we have the same ability, the same luxury, the same privilege as David does here. Uh, you as a believer is on the same level of standing before, before God as David was. That David, as, as much David was the king and was the, the anointed one and received all this special attention from God, the Christian believer experiences the same thing because we all come from the same root of faith. And so when you go to God with your problems and when you go to him in faith, know that you have a God who hears and cares for you and has an answer for you. And so this gets us to the third verse in our second point, our response, our response. When we pray, uh, we go before God 
And something I hope you, you will learn and you will grow in as a Christian is that as you go to God in prayer, as you go before him more and more, as you spend more time with him, as you plead before him and you lay all of your troubles upon his feet, um, you'll learn and you'll experience that the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit will give you the right responses to your problems. And so let me allow, allow me to flesh this out a little bit for you. Uh, Paul writes in Romans 12 that as Christians, our response to what Christ has done for us on the cross, the gospel, um, as redeemed people now is to subject ourselves to God, to the renewing of our minds um, through the, the means of grace in which God has provided for us. And so these means of grace include... Um, this isn't, this isn't an exhaustive list, but they include such a, things such as reading and studying God's word, reading and studying your Bible uh, to understand the mind of God. Uh, prayer as what we've been looking at. Prayer, uh, looking not only to communicate to God and talk to God, but to commune with God, uh, meaning we spend time with him. Similarly to how you would spend time with your friends. The more time you spend with your friends, the better you know them, the better you trust them because they are your friends. How much more so with God? The more time you spend with God in prayer, the more time you spend in his word, in communion with him, the more you learn that his heart is for you. And that you can trust him. Um, and the more time you spend, another means of grace is fellowship with other believers. Similarly, the more times you spend with other Christians, they'll sharpen you and help you and encourage you to grow as well. And so these are just, just three, just three basic means of grace that the Bible fleshes out for us. And so when you engage in these means of grace, uh, you'll recognize, you'll see, you'll notice, you'll observe that as you're doing so, God is growing you as a Christian. And so when it comes to prayer, as you pray more, as you pour out your heart before God, you'll learn that your heart, your will will be slowly more conformed to God's will. And that sometimes the answers to your prayers will be found in your prayers themselves. And so this is what's going on here in our second part in verses three through five. David King David is rehearsing truth, things that are rock solid, that he already believes in about God to himself right now. He's still addressing these men. He's still concerned for his people, uh, but he also reminds himself, look at verse three, that the Lord, Yahweh, the covenant name of God, when you see capital L-O-R-D, that is the covenant, precious, highest, most glorious name of God possible. Um, that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call him. It is God who hears when David calls out to him. And so know that David already has the answer. He already knows the answers, but he's still praying them to God. Because sometimes you have to rehearse the, tr the truth to yourself. Sometimes you have to rehearse the gospel to yourself. And that's what's going on here. And so then he moves to more practical application of entrusting yourself to God uh, when, he, when he hears you, when he cares for you. Uh, verse 4, notice that imagery of being upon your bed. Uh, this is the same kind of imagery that we first started talking about uh, when it comes to those last thoughts when you lay down to sleep at night. Um, how many of us have struggled through problems throughout the day? 
and some of you might be in the thick of it right now. You might be dealing with family issues. You might be dealing with personal sin uh, that you haven't told anyone about. Uh, you might be feeling, uh, combating feelings of depression, anxiety, loneliness uh, during this time because it's, it's so much heightened during sheltered in place. And, but regardless of what you might be thinking and what might you be going through, David, what David is saying here can be incredibly helpful for you. Uh, verse, verses 4 and 5 are telling us that whatever, whatever emotions uh, you may be feeling, uh, embrace the feeling of distress, the anger that comes up, and yet do not sin. Be silent. Um, David is not saying stifle, stifle those emotions, stifle those problems, and, and, and sweep them under the rug. And yet he is saying, be angry and do not sin. Ponder them on your hearts, on your beds, and be silent. Um, you, you may ask, how does this even help me? How does this even help me? Uh, but remember that the context that we're speaking of is from prayer. And verse 5 says, offer right sacrifices uh, and put your trust in the Lord uh, to give you the, the shorthand version of the ancient Israelite sacrificial, sacrificial system. Um, different sacrifices were needed for different occasions and different sins. Uh, however, what the people, the, the Israelites, what they were prone to do was they would just af- offer the right sacrifice. Okay, I need, I need sacrifice A for sin A, and I need sacrifice B for sin B. And they would, they would you know, plug and chug. They would form, formula, do the formula, you know, as you would do in math. Uh, but their heart wasn't in it. And that's what God actually cared about, is that it's the, God, it's the heart that God seeks after. And that a heart behind a sacrifice that wasn't there, God would not accept. And so God cares deeply about the heart. And that's why you can embrace these emotions, embrace these tensions, and wrestle with these problems, and bring them all before God, and know that a contrite heart a humble heart, a heart that puts its trust in the Lord is the one that God accepts. That's the kind of right sacrifices we have to offer is that when we truly put our trust in God, truly depend upon him, that God, I, can, I, can't, I can't get through this. I cannot um, fix this sin on my own. I need your forgiveness. Uh, when we when we truly place ourselves in humility, in faith before God, know that he hears you and he cares for you and he receives you uh, as a son, as a daughter. Uh, And so this is the kind of response that David is exemplifying for us. Uh, This is what God is looking for. Uh, When you lay upon your bed tonight and you entrust all of your problems to him, all of your troubles, all that makes you anxious, when you do that before God in true faith and true humility and true dependence in true prayer, know that God does hear you and he does care for you, right? That is our response. That is our response when we face trouble, any kind of trouble. And so this leads to the final point that when all is said and done, um, what we have is joy, genuine true, lasting, abiding joy. Um, Our joy, verses 6 through 8. Verse 6 says, There are many who say, Who will show us some good? 
Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. I already know that I can guess. I don't know. I I can only guess, sorry, that many of you will be like the people here in verse 6. There will be some of you that will doubt God's goodness. And I would be, I would confidently say that all of us here in one point or another in our lives doubt God's goodness. And some of you right now will question and ask, does God actually, truly, really hear? And does he really care? And I think this final section can be very helpful to you. That David's response is is such a beautiful trusting. That faith is on display here. Uh, That he is exemplifying any Christian, any true Israelite who believes in the goodness of the Lord. He says, in response, who will show us some good? What is their true goodness in this world? Can God truly be good to us? That's what the question is asking. He says, lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. Um, Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. Uh, This is a common benediction or a conclusion to prayer uh, for the Israelites. Uh, When they were in the wilderness, Moses taught the people how to pray and end their prayers with this benediction. Um, You don't have to turn there, but maybe jot it down. Numbers 6, verses 24 to 26. Listen as I read, and I hope you pick up on the similarities of language going on here. It says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Uh, David is picking up on the same language Moses is using here. Uh, That is that the Lord will show us good. Uh, It is the Lord who brightens our faces. Uh, It is he who raises our countenance. Uh, It is he who proves to be the God of our right. Uh, knowing that whatever trouble, whatever problem we're going through in the end, he will see us through. He will walk with us every step of the way. He is the one who proves himself in our lives as well. If you are in Christ, if you are redeemed by the blood of Jesus, this applies to you. Uh, When David sings and he prays about this, at the end of this all, uh, what do we find? In verse 7, he says, you have put more joy in my heart than they have when grain and wine abound. It is better to be with God. It is more joyful, more satisfying to be with God, even if we're doing well materially. Uh, Safety in the presence of the Lord is better than safety of material wealth. That is what David is saying here. Um, To put it in a way that hopefully you can understand, it is better to be in the presence of the Lord that you know God and he knows you. It is better when on a day that you ace an exam, that you walk away with a great grade. It is better than that and it's better when you bomb an exam. It's better than both. Uh, that's the concept here. For the Israelites, they depended upon new grain and new wine every year in the harvest. And so you can see how much they depended upon that. But what David is saying, it is better to depend on God than to depend on all of these things because it is God who provides and supplies all of it. And God will not let 
a single hair fall from your head without knowing about it. And so why are you anxious about today? That you can cast your anxieties upon the Lord knowing that he cares for you and he loves you. Um, At the end of all of this joy, genuine, true, abiding joy, what we have is peace. David returns to the the imagery of sleep. uh, That for the Christian, for the one who knows God, he or she uh, will be able to sleep soundly at night. Uh, In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Um, The Christian will sleep and know that God has got this. He can handle our greatest problems, and he can handle the least of them too. And so David concludes that it is only God. God alone makes his godly ones, his faithful ones, dwell in safety. And so we come full circle that David pleads before God to answer him when he calls, and he's confident that God will answer him. And David walks through his problems of his honor turning into shame and men seeking after vain words and seeking after lies. And he rehearses truth to himself. That is the one, uh, the godly one, the faithful one, the one who actually knows God, who God has hears when he calls to him. And he rehearses the response to be angry, to wrestle with these issues, to present them before God in a humble and, and, and dependent manner and know that God lifts up our face, that he is the light. He shines his face upon us. The light of God shines upon us. And that what we have at the end is joy, uh, a better joy than you can find on this earth. And all of this applies to Christians. All of this applies to those who know Christ. And so I hope what you can walk away t- tonight is that you have an opportunity to know and be known uh, by the God who cares deeply for you. He knows all of your problems, all of them. Um, and this care, this love culminates and it climaxes at the cross uh, where the Son of God dies for those who once rebelled against God. Uh, the gospel, I hope you see, permeates this entire psalm. And I want you to walk away um, laying your head on your pillows tonight, uh, knowing that, that if this gospel, if this gospel, this good news is the same gospel that you hold on to, and that everything David just prayed for applies to you because you know God and God knows you. And on the flip side, if you don't know this God, I hope that considering these words, you would turn to him, that you repent from your sin and you confess Christ as your Lord and Savior and believe in him, that he is the one who saves you, and that we find our shelter and we find our safety in Christ. Um, And so I hope this can be helpful to you during this time. I I hope that... Uh, regardless of what circumstance you might be going into this upcoming school year, that you have a renewed, bold confidence that God has got you in the palm of his hand. And Jesus says, those that the Father has given me, none shall I cast out. Jesus loses none of his sheep. And that is good news. And so I want to thank you for having me on. I hope this was 
beneficial for you in your walk. I hope this could be an encouragement to you. And so let me pray, and then I'll turn it back to Momo, to Brie, or whoever's running this show. All right? Let's pray. Father God, we can't thank you enough uh, how great of a God you are, that you truly show your kindness uh, to sinful creatures like us, and that you hear us when we pray, and that you have worked your will uh, for the good of your people. Uh, And so, Lord, I I hope that this could be a comfort that um, CTF walks with tonight as they enter into a new school year, albeit different from ones that they've experienced and that they're familiar with before. Uh, But regardless of what the present physical circumstance may be, Lord, um, that their, their, their confidence and their identity is rooted and grounded in you, uh, the God who hears and cares for us. And so, Lord, may that be our boast, may that be our joy, and may that be our peace uh, when we lay down to sleep or when we rise up uh, once more to enjoy your mercies. So we thank you for all these things founded in your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.